Bezat Hashem, we're studying a new Mishnah in the bottom of Chabayi's base, 22b. Says the Mishnah, Somebody, actually we already brought this Mishnah, now we're going to learn it a little bit more. Somebody was standing davening, and when the Takan applied, he couldn't daven, he realized he was a Balkeri. So says the Mishnah, Lo yavsik, he's not obligated to stop on the spot, Look in Russia, look in the commentaries. He should only say the beginning and the end of each bracha. He should shorten his amida. Okay. A total new din. Yara litbol, a person that went down to the mikvah. If he's able to go out of the mikvah and to get rest. Before the limit of the Shema, which is at sunrise. Now, we saw previously that Allah followed Rabbi Yeshua the way up until the end of the third hour. So why over here the Mishnah makes the limit at sunrise? That's going to be the topic when the Gemara analyzes this Mishnah. So if he has time to get dressed before, Netzach Hama, Yalevi Veikra. He should do that. Go up, get dressed, and recite the Shema. Veimlav. But if he won't be able to make it before sunrise, Iskase Vamayim. He should leave the rest of the body under the water, just the head outside of the water, veikra. And like that, he should recite the Shema. Also, the Gemara is going to get into those alachas. It's not so simple. We're going to leave it for the Gemara without the Now, what happens if the water is a little bit of a smelling of a bad smell of water? So he cannot do that. A person cannot recite the Shema if where he's in the water is at stinking water. And also, there was, uh, they would, um, how you call it? They would um, soak either flax or canvas in water, and that water was very, very smelly. So a person cannot recite the Shema close to a, a, a bad smell. He has to pour inside of that water clean water. The Gemara is going to clarify, Rush already brings, that this part of the Shema makes no sense. If you have a whole body of water that is stinky, how much water can you add to that water not to be stinky? So the Gemara is going to say, Ischis and Merzala is missing some words over here, and we're dealing over here in a case when you have some urine. So later on the Gemara is going to clarify, you can add water to urine to, to, to allow to recite the Shema close to that water. Now, now, if you have, going back to that, to urine, or you have the uh, defecation, how do you call that? Excrement. Excrement. <laughs> okay. How much you need to distance yourself before you can recite the Shema? Arba Amos. Four Amos. The Gemara later is going to deal. Is it enough Arba Amos from the excrement, or you need four Amos? from where the smell of the excrement stops. We're going to see that in the Gemara. Okay. So a Mishnah, a Bryson relating to the first uh, uh, topic of the Mishnah. He was having Veniska Shuvalkeri, and he remembered he's a Valkeri. The very same thing of the Mishnah. He shouldn't stop cold feet. Rather, just say the beginning of each bracha, he should shorten his amida. Now, what happened if he got an Aliyah? And again, nowadays we follow Rabbi Dhamma 
it's okay. But in the time when they followed the, 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 the Takan of Ezra, he was called for an aliyah. That is what Yakore Batora means to say, he was called for an aliyah. Then Iskashu Valkeri, and he realized, okay, Valtama Valkeri, I cannot have an aliyah. Enu Mavsik, a similar thing to the Mishnah, he shouldn't just stop. They all and get out of there. Ela Megamgem Vekoire. Rather, he should be Megamgem. Look in the footnotes over there. There's three opinions what is Megamgem. One opinion says he should read very, very fast. Now, women read. So nowadays we have a professional reader. It's called the Balkore. In those days, and the Temanim today, many starting to do that. When you get an Aliyah, you are the one who has to read the Torah. So that's what the Mishnah, the Brisa means over here. So according to one opinion of the Rishonim, what the Brisa means, he should read very fast and get out of there. A second opinion, he shouldn't pronounce properly the words. He should, how you say? Slur the words. I don't remember the third opinion. Sorry about that. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, "Ein valkeri rashali cross batuera." You say, "Migile, migile psukim." So the Gemara Megillah brings that the maximum, uh, the minimum, an oile can be called for is three psukim. A few months ago, we had a bar mitzvah with twins. It was a, a whole thing because they only prepared three psukim between the two brothers, and they were twins. I'm going to get into the whole thing. Okay. Yes. It was mumble, maybe. Mumble. Mumble. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. So the minimum a person is allowed to stay for an aliyah is three psukim. So according to Rabbi Meir, that's it. He's a Valkyrie. He should read three psukim and get off. Not, not continue more than three psukim. Okay. This is all of it regarding the f this first alaha. Now we're going to touch a little bit into the alaha in the Braisa of when you're davening and there's some excrement next to you. Now you can, you can think for yourself, ah, when is that going to happen? Only when I'm in a picnic and camping, let me something bad news, guys. Nappies. Nappies. You have to be extremely careful. Nappies are your babies. Is this alaha? He was davening, and he saw excrement in front of him. Even in the middle of the Amida, that you're not supposed to walk, you have to walk. You cannot keep on davening with excrement in front of you. So literally means you need to walk until you throw it, but it means to say you have to walk, that you leave behind you, four amos behind you, the excrement. The Gemara question is, the Brisa says, a different Brisa, you don't have to walk past and leave it behind, would be good enough to be to the side of it. Says Gemara, that's not a contradiction. Rashi says, let's say you have a river in front of you, in more of an example applying, applicable to us. You have a wall, and the nappy is by the wall, so you cannot break the wall. So be the Ebed, if you cannot Lechatchila, walk ahead and leave the excrement behind you for Amos. If that is not possible, move to the side and leave the excrement to the side for Amos to you. Now, they bring over there in the footnotes, well, why don't you just leave it to the side and turn around, and like that, it's going to be behind you. Now, because you are dabbing towards Yerushalayim. That's why it's going to remain to your side, be the event for Amos. Okay. Now, um, 
Arya Mispalev He was davening, and all of a sudden he saw there was excrement where he was davening. Now we are dealing over here in a case that he was um, negligent. Is a place where she, he would he should have expect that maybe over there is going to be excrement, whether it's a nappy or something like that. So even though he sinned because he shouldn't start having a place with maybe excrement, nevertheless, whatever he ha had already done, it's okay. Maskilab Robin, Robin says, no, is written in the Pasuk, Zevach Reshaim to Abba. The offering of an evildoer is an abomination. So this person, this person is considered an evildoer because he diving when there was excrement. He should have checked the place before starting diving. Since he sinned by starting diving in a place that he should have not, therefore his tefillah is not a tefillah and he has to daven all over again. And this applies the same thing as brachos. So whenever you have a kid next to you, a baby, and the zoom to, 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 to suspect that maybe he has a nappy, you have to check the nappy before the benching, davening, or saying the shema. Okay, now we're going to start a new topic. The, this new topic has nothing to do with the Mishnah. This is a topic, what happens if a person needs to relieve himself? Can he daven? And if he daven, is that okay or not? Tell Rabbanan. Says in the price. This is going to take us until the middle of the next page. Ayahomed Betfila, a person was davening, Umaim Shosesim al Birkal, and he couldn't hold his bowels, I say bowels anymore, and the pee starts uh, dropping in his knees. Uh, <laughs> that extent he couldn't hold it anymore. Maybe he has a surgery, whatever, but the pee starts flowing in his knees. Poise, he has to stop. He cannot keep on davening while he's peeing. <laughs> until he finished peeing and then he goes back to Daven now if you look in the footnote number 40 there's two opinions over here mainly brought by Toysus later on we're going to see in the Gemara that a, Gemara, a person cannot Daven in front of pee it's not as bad as a poo a excrement but still pee is not good so according to Toysus this price that says he can uh, resume his davening is only if there's no more left um, wetness of the pee. Either was absorbed by the ground, was absorbed by his garments. But if there's still some pee over there, he cannot carry on davening. According to a second opinion, because later on the Gemara establishes that according to the Torah, it's only forbidden to think or to daven or to learn Torah as long as the pee is coming out of the person. But once it's out of the person, even if it's a, has a pond, a little bit of a pee over there, it's only rabbinical. So according to the second opinion of Rishonim, since it's only rabbinical and he's in the middle of davening, he would be allowed to carry on with his fill. Now, the Brysa doesn't specify to which pond he carries on. Leichan choizes, so that's going to be a topic of two amoraim. To which point of the tefillah does he carry on, resumes the tefillah? One says you have to go all the way to the beginning of the Aramida. And one holds, no, he can just carry on from where he left it. So this is Now we're moving on finally to page 23. Maybe this is the topic of the argument.
Marsabar, the one that says that he has to go all the way to the beginning. There's a different machlekes later on that what happens if a person stopped, whether it's in Tvila, in Shema, in Halel, for a long time. And he stopped for the time that would have taken him normally to recite the whole thing from beginning to end. So maybe we should say that the first opinion says he has to go back to the beginning. He holds, in that case, in Shaka when a person usually stops, he pauses the amount of time that would take him to recite everything, because he waited so long. It's sometimes you have a telephone, you have a computer. If you wait too long, you have to start all over again. So that's what says this opinion. Umar Sabar, maybe the other opinion holds no. Even if you waited a long time, you can just carry on wherever you left it. So Amaravashi, how can you say that Damachlokes is depending on that topic? If that would have been the Machlokes, so the wording of the Amoraim should be stated specifically saying that. If he waited that long, or if he not waited that long. And that's, a, that's, that's not the, the, the topic of the argument. Ella, rather, the Kuli Alma, we have to say that according to everybody, in if he waited the amount of time that would have taken to say everything, everybody, this two Amoraim, Rafiz and Ravamnuna, would agree you have to go all the way back to the beginning. Now, I won't get into it. You can look in the footnotes. You can look further into Alaha. This is not a simple Alaha Lemaise. And also, there's many distinctions. Did he wait because he couldn't dive in, or he just waited because whatever the reason we could have uh, carry on. So uh, don't take this Allah Maise. We're just going to learn it in, in terms of the Gemara. It's not so simple according to Allah Maise that according to everybody, if you wait, you have to go all the way to the beginning. But in our Gemara, says the Gemara, we also there between Rafiz and Rav Amnuna, No, he didn't wait that long. He's a person that just water pee came into his knees, and soon after he was able to resume davening. But nevertheless, Mar Sabar Gavra de Choyeu, Ven Raui, Ven Because he started davening in a situation, we're going to see the next Alaha, that if a person needs to relieve himself, he's not permitted to start davening. So according to the first opinion, he was an ineligible person who is not fit to daven. So by that, he's considered, even from the beginning, his fila wasn't a fila, and that's why, according to one of them, he has to go all the way back to the beginning, now that he will leave himself and start diving like a mensch. The Marsabar, the other opinion says, no, Gabra Chaziau, he holds, no, we're going to see soon, maybe she, he should have not started like that, but nevertheless, whatever he did, it was okay, with fila sot fila, and therefore the beginning of his fila was okay, and that's why he can just resume from wherever he left it. Okay, so now we're going to touch into that topic. What happens if somebody needs to relieve himself? Tan Rabbanon. He's been taught by your sages. Somebody needs to go to the bathroom. Al Ispalel. He shouldn't start having a mispalet, filasotoeva. And if he did indeed daven, his tfil is considered an abomination. Now, there's two opinions in the Rishonim. If the same Allah applies, whether you need to make a pee, or it's only when you need to make a poo. In other words, there's more leniency when a person only needs to make a pee. Nevertheless, obviously, the chathila, whether a pee or a poo, a person should first relieve himself, and only after that go and daven. Omar Abzvid, 
Vaitemar Yehuda, lo shanu, this that is being taught, that a person shouldn't start learning if he needs to relieve himself, wasn't taught, Ela sheinu yachol yishaos v'atzmo. It's only when he's not able to hold on for, for much. But if he was ab- if he's able to control himself and hold on a little bit, then it's okay. But the Gemara clarifies that kama. What is the amount of time that a person needs to see if he can hold himself and then daven? Amar ad parsa. Parsa is the distance that takes a person to walk four kilometers, and usually we take that to be seventy-two minutes. So the halach is like this. If you can wait for 72 minutes and you daven, the tefillah is okay. The question is, can you do that? Let's say you, you start feeling that oh, I need to make, and again, it, this only applies to make a poo, also applies to make a pee. It's also, as I tell you, I told you, it's a difference in, in Rishonim. So according to Rashi, the way he learns it, it's fine. If you, if you can hold on for 72 minutes, even if you feel you need to make a little bit, fine, you can go on daven. Others hold that that's only with the event, that you were able to wait 72 minutes, and you daven tefillah tefillah. If you have a sense you need to make, as I said, lechatchila, just go and make, even if it's just a pee, and then daven. So this is this, the way they explain this halacha. Ika de Maznila, there's a second text, a second version of how the teaching came. But there's no difference in terms of halacha. It's just what was taught in the Braisa and then what was added by the Amoraim. Ika de Masla Amanisa. There are those who said that this qualification, that it's forbidden only if a person cannot control himself, was the, the <coughs> Braisa itself who stated that. Mamed Varamumbrin is like a continuation of the Braisa. In which situation it had been taught in the Braisa? A person cannot dive in if he needs to make only when he cannot hold on by making. But he can hold on a little bit and, and then um, go and make, he can dive in and Tfila was okay. And then the question and the answer, how long should a person hold on, that was already what was added by the Amoraim. On that Amoravzid, at Parsa. That Ibeitema, they are over there, Rabiuda at Parsa. Okay, until the distance it takes to walk 40, four kilometers, which will be 72 minutes. Okay. Amarav Shmuel, Amarav Shmuel, Banachmani, Amarav Yonasan. Anitza Lenekabab, anybody that needs to relieve himself. Arezelo Ispalel, the same idea, he shouldn't daven. Mishum Shenemar, and this is based on a Pasuk. Akolikrasha, Likrasha, Lokecha, Israel. Prepare to meet your God. Israel. So this halacha is a very has a broad halacha. Like go to Daven, dress in a nice way, uh, be, be as presentable as you can, both externally and internally, in terms of if you need to make, don't go like that in front of God. What is the meaning of the following verse? So our scroll gives us the opportunity to look at the entire verse, if you go in the footnote number 14 in the bottom. It's a verse in Coelus, Ecclesiastes. So let's take a look at the entire Pasuk, because the Gemara is going to be bringing segments of the Pasuk and analyzing them. So let's take a look at the entire Pasuk. I'm just going to read it in English. 
So look in the very bottom in note 14. Guard your foot when you go to the house of Hashem and be ready to hearken, to listen, rather than to offer a sacrifice of fools for they do not know to do evil. Now, this verse is a little bit difficult to understand. What is he saying, right? And that's why the Gemara breaks it into different parts and offers us the meaning of the verse. So let's start with the beginning of the Pasuk. So again, the one starting with the Drasha is Rabbi Shmuel Nachmani in the name of Rabbi Yonasan. What is the meaning? That is the beginning of the verse now. Guard your feet when you walk to the house of God. So the beginning of the Pasuk says Rabbi Yonasan, Guard yourself, not to sin. Because if you end up sinning, then you're going to need to bring a sacrifice for me. So really what, what the Pasuk means to say over here, looking Rashi, guard yourself not to sin, because if you sin, Guard you f yourself not to make a sin, because if you end up sinning, your feet are going to need to go to the temple to bring a, a, a korban chatas, a sin offering. That is the beginning of the Pasuk. Okay. Then um, says Rove, we skip the parentheses. Uh, oh no, before that, Vekarov. Lishma. Now, what are the, these two words, Vekarov Lishma? And be close to fancy man's English, Herken. For me, it's to listen, okay? Be ready to be, be close to listen. So let's skip the parentheses, Amarove. So, what is the meaning of that? Evikarov Lishma, be close to listen. Divre Chochomim, the words, the way the sages act. Shimchoitim, because when they sin, mevin korban v'asim tshuva. They do tshuva and they bring a sacrifice. So do that, and now the Gemara quotes the continuation of the verse. Mites axilim zevach. No, don't be like the fools when they bring an offering, rather than to offer a sacrifice of fools. So what is the meaning of that, those words? Continues Rob explaining, I'll take exilium and don't be like the fools, Shechoitim, that when they sin, who may bring Korban and they bring an offering, they know sin Chuba and they don't do Chuba. So don't do like that. Be like the Tzadikim, that when they sin, they do Chuba and then they bring an offering, but don't be like the fools, that when they sin, they just bring the Korban without doing Chuba. But then they give a questions on Robe. The end of the Pasuk. How does the Pasuk ends? Ki einam yodim la sosra. So according to Robe, it would mean, don't be like the fools. Ki einam yodim, they don't know la sosra, to do evil. So says the Gemara, Iyachi, if, if, if you're calling this, the Pasuk is calling these fools that they don't know how to do evil, tzadikim, you know, they're, they're, they're mamish tzadikim, they don't know how to do bad. 
Rather, the whole meaning of the, of the end of the Pasuk should be like this. Ela, rather, th- this is what Shlomo Melech meant. Atik Iksilim, don't be like the fools. Shechoitim, that when they sin, umevim korban, then they bring an offering. Venen yodim, imala toivai mevim, imala roi mevim. They don't know if they did something good, if they did something wrong, then they bring an offering. They don't even know if the offering is going to be like a present for Hashem, it's going to be a korbas chatos. They just don't know what they're doing with themselves. Omer HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem tells to these people, Beitov le'ra'in and mafchirim, this guy doesn't know if they did the right thing, the wrong thing, they're bringing a sacrifice in front of me. So that is what the Pasuk meant. The beginning of the Pasuk meant, don't do evil, don't sin, that would require you to bring a korban. And then, if you are doing it, so be careful, listen to the Chachamim, to the Tzadikim, and know if you're bringing a korban, what is that for? If you want it to be a korban to bring you atonement, so you should be aware, oh, this is an atonement, a korban chatas. For my sin, don't just bring a korban and uh, random try to see, oh, let's see if it works. It doesn't go like that. Okay. Rabashi Veisema Rabihanine Barpopio Mar Shmorne Kabeha. They bring a different understanding of this verse. Again, what is the beginning of the verse? Shmorra Glecha Kashetelech Lebeis Elohim. Guard your feet when you go to the house of God. So many times the word Raglecha feet is a reference to the Nekabim, to the orifices, to where either pee or poo or gas comes out of us. So according to, to this to Ravashi or Hanya Bar Papa, the, the Pasuk means to teach us, guard your orifices, Beshav Shatao Med Betfila Lefanai, Hashem said when you're standing, davening in front of me. And according to Rashi, this means to say, try not to pass a gas when you are in shul. Okay. We ended up the topic that deals with with, um, with a person that needs to relieve himself. So the new topic, we're in the middle of page 23a, and it is gonna carry on for this page, this other side of the page. How should a person behave when wearing tefillin? And let me just clarify one thing. Nowadays is not that much of a relevance, a little bit, because we only wear tefillin for shachris. But we have to keep in mind, in those days, they would wear filling the entire day. So this was much more of a uh, situation, what to do with filling when you need to, to relieve yourself. One thing is clear, you are not allowed to relieve yourself wearing filling. So they were wearing filling the whole day, what do you do? Huh? Yeah. Now, also, today is not so relevant, because today we have the toilets. So what is the big deal? In those days, they weren't. Uh, we are wealthy today. We can just go in your house, in the shul, in the, in the supermarket, in the petrol station. There's a toilet. In those days, it wasn't simple. So that's going to be the topic of the following Gemara. Tan Rabanan is being taught in a price. Anichnos lebeisakise. Somebody is entering beisakise. That is <coughs> the word for a toilet. But Arshkol um, translates as latrine. How do you define it was a latrine? Is it like a normal toilet? Okay, I can use the word toilet. I don't have to be using the word latrine. I don't even know what it is. Okay. So anybody goes to a toilet, 
He should already in advance remove the tefillin for Amos, two meters before he enters the toilet. Now we're going to see soon why. This wasn't taught only in a fixed toilet. So two things to understand and also First of all, what is this type of toilet? And second of all, to understand the halacha. A fixed toilet, says Rashi, in those days, they didn't have like we, the person makes in the toilet, and you flush it and it disappears. A toilet over there meant it was standing there in the ground. There wasn't, there wasn't even a hole over there. So that's what it means, a fixed toilet. is a place fixed, kabua means that people make number two, and it's the, the excrement is right there. So that's why the requirement that four almost two meters before getting there, remove your tilling. Because it's not honorable for the tilling to approach the place you're wearing tilling and you're going to hit excrement standing there. So already four uh, almost before you hit the excrement, remove your tilling. Alba Beisa Kise Arai, Beisa Kise Arai, which is a temporary toilet, and the meaning of that is a place where you're going to make a pee, and actually you're going to make it into a toilet. We're not speaking that there's already a toilet over there, it's behind a tree. <laughs> so over there, over there, obviously, because you're not expecting to, to meet excrement, there's no, there's no advance for almost. Just take your feeling and you can right away on the spot make a pee. Now, make sure you eat, say, but then, since you already made a pee over there, when you're leaving that place, you, 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 you have to remove yourself, you have to walk for Amos, and only after that you can put on the tefillin, because by you making over there, you already made it into a toilet. Now, the Gemara is going to ask a question. I don't know. Can a person walk into a fixed uh, toilet to wearing filling if he's only planning to make a pee? Now, you're going to see in the footnotes, it's a very lengthy, lengthy explanation over, over here what's going on. And there's different texts between Toysos and other Rishonim. And the, the, the first question that, that came to me is, <clears throat> what is the question? We said that the problem is going to meet excrement over there. So even if you're only intending to make a pee, for sure you should take a utility for almost before that because you're going to meet excrement. That's why it's a very lengthy, lengthy explanation over there, what is really the question of the game order. But to understand also the question, let's try to, under, to see what the answer was. Ravina Shari. Ravina said, it's, it's fine, it's not a problem for your person to go in even with the feeling. And Ravada Varmasna Asar, Rabbi said he is forbidden. Asur shalu ale Rabba, they went and asked Rabbi, Amar Leo, Rabbi said Asur, but listen why he said it's forbidden to go in with your tefillin, Hashin and Shema yefane ba'em. There's two opinions what he answered. One opinion say it's forbidden because you think you might only make a pee, you might end up making a poo. So therefore, and making a poo for sure is forbidden with tefillin. So don't go in, even if you're just planning to make a pee with tefillin. Another opinion says, even just making a pee with filling might be a problem because you may end up passing a gas. Many times we're making a pee and we pass a gas. 
and you shouldn't pass a gas while wearing tefillin. Now from this Gemara comes out that just making a pee wearing tefillin wouldn't be a problem. And let me tell you, my Shaya, I learned for a few months in the Shiva of Rav Shimer Shlita, as a Talam, sorry. Rav Shimer was a big adult, he lived until 101. He's a rabbi, he would wear many, many talitim talit, talit, talit katan. I never, you know who I mean. He would wear And I learned his yeshiva for a few months in, in, uh, in Yerushalayim, and I saw with my own eyes, he, wa- he, w- he would wear tefillin the entire day. He walked into the toilet and he made a pee with tefillin on. So maybe, maybe, but he went, you know, how you call it, you have the, to make it? Urinal. Urinal? So he made over there. So regarding that you may end up making a poo, obviously when you're standing in the urinal, you, you, you're not ending making a poo. So maybe that is the difference between a basic kavua, like what nowadays we would call maybe a fixed toilet when you sit down. And the urinal wouldn't have the din of a, of a, um, of a kavua. But what about the concern that you may not passing uh, gas? Maybe, uh, as I told you, there's many versions over there in the Rishonim. What did Gemara say? What is the concern over here? And uh, what would be the problem? But I saw he did it. He made a pee with filling on. I would recommend for us that we don't wear filling throughout the whole day. We shouldn't do that. But let me tell you one difference between making a pee and making a poo in terms of filling. If you are davening and you need to go to the toilet, if so. You have to take off your tefillin and your talis. Now, when you go back from the toilet, you can put back your tefillin and the talis. Now, you don't have to say another bracha. For sure, for the talis, you don't have to say another bracha. Now, for the tefillin, over here would be that difference. If you only took off your tefillin to make a pee, you don't have to say a bracha again when you put them back on. But if you, if you, if you t- 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 took them off because you need to make a poo, then you have to say another bracha of the tefillin when you put them back. Because since you cannot make a pool with filling, then that's considered an EPSEC, and you would have to, you have to say another bracha, putting your filling back. But just for a pee, take them off, and when you put them back on, don't say another bracha for the filling. Okay, Tanya Idach, another braisa. One who enters a fixed toilet, holit fila So we already saw this. You need to remove the filling four hours before you go into the toilet. Now is a big question. And again, nowadays might not be so much applicable. Maybe in the airport it would apply, but we're gonna see in those days. Now in those days, we're gonna see soon, it's gonna be the topic of this uh, uh, until the end of this page of the Gemara, that uh, what was the, the toilet? It wasn't like a toilet today. It was basically a wall was a wall in the middle of the openness, opening, mm-hmm. and the wall separated between the street and the field. So that was the toilet. You had a wall. In one side of the wall was the street where people walked, and behind the wall was a toilet. People would make behind the wall. So it says over here the Gemara, the Braisa, you should leave the filling in the side of the wall that has like a window, but really means like it has a crevice, like a hole over there facing the, the, the street. 
because it's less, it's, it, that, that, that side of the street is better, not to put it inside of the side where you have the excrements, <coughs> the nichnas. And then you should go in. Then you go out of the wall, and we saw also previously this, you, you go a distance of four amos, and then you put on your tefillin. This is the way of Shammai. But we're going to see soon there was very complications and that we don't follow this opinion. We're going to see soon the complications. Tefillin themselves would come into more than four amos of the excrement then. It's about, when you wear, it's about the distance when you wear it. But the tefillin themselves can be within four amos? But, but, but yeah, four amos, but there was a wall. Was for Amos, but it was a wall. Okay. So is the wall over here? That's filling in in the outside side of the wall uh, towards the street, and you're making a pool. Yeah, you can so make make okay. a pool but there was a wall. So because it's a mechitza, it's fine. But we're gonna see Alevai. They could have done that. Would have been much better for the filling. But we're gonna see soon that did, that didn't work. But that's why Basilus say no Omrim. Orzan beyado menichnas. You hold the tefillin in your hands. Soon the Gemara is going to clarify all this. Why? Don't, 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 uh, don't be so scared. According to Vesile, hold the tefillin in your hands and go and make a poo holding your tefillin in your hand. We're going to see soon why. Rabbi Kiva says, According to Rabbi Kiva, don't just hold them in your hand, but put them in your garment. Now the Gemara is going to question Rabbi Kiva. You mean to tell me it's really with your garment? Sometimes a person put him in the garden and he kind of forgot that he has the feeling and they're going to fall down. Rather, what Aviki meant to say, Elaema, Ogzan Bebigdo, Uveyado Benignas. No. Rabekiba, and this is the difference between Rabekiba and Basile. Does feeling have a great level of Kedusha? Even when you when you, you were, when you are not wearing them, <laughs> sorry, when you are not wearing them, or only when you're wearing them, according to the to Beisilel, the main kedush of the tefillin are only when you're wearing them, because tefillin on themselves, they need to be in contact with your neshama. So when you're tefillin are in contact with your neshama, that's when they're lit. It's like imagine you have a bulb, as long as you're not plugged. It doesn't have any, any light. You plug it and then it shines. So according to Basile, that's it feeling. When you're wearing the feeling, then they're shining in Kedusha, then you have to be more careful with their Kedusha. Once they're off of you, they're not so Mekudashdik. So that's why when you dance, they're not on you. According to Basile, hold them in your hand and go into the toilet. We're going to see some many details regarding that. And that is, according to Basile, is better because if you're holding your garment, you may end up, they may end up falling down. You have a very a grip in your plain hand. According to Rabbi Akiva, even if when you are not wearing them, they have a certain level of holiness that you have to respect that feeling. So that's why according to Rabbi Akiva, it's better to, to wrap them in a garment and then hold the garment on the feeling they're already like, has it wrapped? They're wrapped. Okay. Now, Rabbi Kiva is saying that is the best. But if you cannot do that, he gives you a second option. 
You, ha you can bring the tefillin to the bathroom, to the side of the toilet itself, and try to look for a, I say crevice over there, a hole where you can put the tefillin. If you're not able to hold the tefillin with under a garment when you're making, put it in a, in a crevice, in a hole, but from the inside side of the toilet. Why from the inside and not from the outside? Look at this. Don't leave in, in holes facing the public domain. Maybe a non-Jew are going to take you to in, and he's going to come, he's going to come to be suspected. Listen to this story. What's happened with the Talmud, the student? He did like by Chamai. He left his feeling in the outer side of the wall facing the public domain. Ubas Zoina, a harlot, was passing by, and she took this student's feeling. And listen what she did, this Arura, what this cursed lady did. Then she went later on to the Besa Medrash, the Amra. And she went in and she said, Listen, guys, one of your students had sex with me and he painted with his feeling. When that student heard this lady accusing him for something he didn't do, he went up to the roof, and he committed suicide. The mess. He went down and he messed. After that incident, this is Rabakiva's shita. That instead of living in, in the outside part of, uh, of the wall, coming to the base sakise, into the toilet, holding them, but according to Rabbi Kiva, uh, wrapped in your garment. Okay, now again the Gemara brings a Braisa telling us the development of uh, happenings. Tan Rabbanan, it was taught by your sages. Barishayna at the beginning, they started by putting the tefillin inside, probably because of this, because of of uh, the goyim stealing your tefillin, they would put him in the inside part of the toilet. But then, then look what happened. There come uh, mice, and they would take the tefillin. So then they, they, that's when they established to put him in the outside part of the wall. Then now the goyim would come and take your tefillin. So they made a tekana for a person to hold the tefillin and go into the toilet. Rabbi Measha, the son, and somebody says the grandson of Rabbi Shem Levi, said like this, Alacha, Alacha is as follows, Golelan kemin sefer, Beogzan veminor kenegedi boy. So you should take the tefillin and should use the stra straps, you say, to around them, to be enclosed, like a sefer Torah, you, it goes like a, like a scroll. So you should use the straps of the tefillin, around the tefillin, and like that, then you hold them with your hand and you go into the toilet. Now, why, why the right hand? 
for two reasons. First of all, he's a stronger hand for most of us. Sorry about that. And he's a lefty. So he's a stronger hand. But then something, the Gemara is going to mean at the very end of Brachos, the very, very end of Brachos, in a couple of weeks, in six weeks, that a person should wipe himself with the left hand. We're going to leave that halacha for the end of the Gemara. When you make a pool, you should wipe your hand, yourself with the left hand. I won't get now into details. Let's leave that for the end of the Gemara. So for two reasons, hold the tilling with the right hand and uh, close to your heart. So like this, you keep on mind the tilling and you guard them. Omar Rabbi Yosef, Minyomi. Amar Rabbi Nachman, Ubilvat Sheloi. Now be careful that the strap of the tefillin shouldn't be sticking out more than a tefach. Why? Because there's also kedusha in the straps of the tefillin. So according to Rabbi Akiva, that even when you're wearing the tefillin, they have a kedusha. Even the straps of the tefillin, they consider to have a kedusha, so they shouldn't be sticking out. So you wrap your tefillin, and then you're covering with a garment and with your hand, and the strap shouldn't be sticking out. Also, there's another reason brought um, in the Rishonim that the straps form the letters of the name of Hashem. We have the shin in the box of the hair, but then in the strap on the hair we have a dalet, when behind our heads the two straps meet, it's like a letter Dalet. And in the box of the hand is a little Yud. And that's why we form the name Shaddai. Shin Dalet Yud. So for sure we should be careful that those letters shouldn't be sticking out of your hand, of your garment, when you are making a poo holding your children. Okay. Amarabi Yaakov bar Acha. Amarabi Zayda lo shanuela sheyesh shaus. Oh, now this is a leniency that they gave oh, people to go into the toilet holding to the tefillin. So he qualifies this. This leniency is only applies when there's enough time in the day, the lofshan, that after a person goes to the toilet, he's gonna still gonna wear his tefillin. And again, because in the, those days, people would were feeling throughout the whole day. But if there will be no more time during the day, the world is going to already be night. He needs to prepare a little bag that is hollow, and it should be at least one tefach, and he should place the feeling inside of that bag. Let me read a little bit more, and then we're going to go back why this has to be a tefach. The same idea that those who say this should be before the one I just read, he was before him. In the day, you wrap them like a scroll. And you hold them with your hand across your opposite to your heart. By night, you have to have like a little bag that has like a tefach, a cubic tefach. Tefach is like this. It's like about, this machlok is either eight or 10 centimeters cubic. And you put it in that bag. 
And Abaye said, just this is going to be the last thing of this morning, without Hashem. Lo shanu ela bekli shukilyan. This was only taught regarding a uh, vessel that is the vessel of the tefillin itself. We're going to see in the following Gemoras that the bag of the tefillin, like w- all of us, we have a bag of tefillin for the tefillin, it's already considered as tefillin. There's a difference between something they use for a mitzvah or something that has kedusha. Anything that has par- parchments of Sifre Torah has a higher level, it's called Tashmishe Kedusha, something of Kedusha. A mezuzah, tefillin, a Sefer Torah. So anything in contact with that acquires the Kedusha of that. The box of your mezuzah, you cannot just throw it in the garbage. Has Kedusha. The, the mantle of the Sefer Torah has Kedusha because it was in touch with the Kedusha. And the bag of the tefillin has Kedusha because it's in touch with tefillin. So says Abaye, that that you need that has to be a hollow of one cubit tefach is only the proper bag of the tefillin. Why? Because we learn from Alaha that anything that has a tefach hollow is considered like an oil. We saw it previously also regarding tuma. So therefore, if you're going to go into the toilet or if you're going to put the tefillin on the floor when you go to sleep and it has to be like in its own domain, to be considered in its own domain has to have one cubic tefach. But says Abaye, but if you're going to put it in some sort of a bag that is not the normal bag of the tefillin, even less than a tefach, it's already considered in a different separation, different domain. And just to end up says, Amar Marzutra, Vitema Ravashi, there's two opinions whether it was Marzutra or Ravashi, that said, Veteda, I proved to this point that for something to be considered in a different domain, it doesn't require a cubit tefach, is Sharei Paching Tanim, regarding Tuma. If a house had a maze, a deceased person, so everything in that house acquires tuma because of the oil, means uh, like a roof. But it says the Torah, if there were any vessels that were completely uh, sealed. sealed, even less than a tefach, the tuma doesn't go in. Doesn't go in. So that's what they say. Paching tanin, small vessels, matzilin beoelames, they save the food contained in the vessel if they were completely closed, sealed, even if were smaller than a tefach. We are at three lines towards the end of Hav Gimel Aleph, 23a. Going back to the topic of introducing Tfilim into the toilet. Yama Rabba Barchana tells us a story. When we or the students of Rabbi Yochanan would be walking after him, when he needed to go to the toilet. So, if he was holding a book, a Torah book, a Gadesa, is like, you know, all these philosophical inquiries, which is also Torah, he would give the book to us. You're not allowed to, book, to bring a book of Torah into the toilet. Nevertheless, Kevin Naki, Tfilin, but he, if he was holding Tfilin, 
He wouldn't give the tefillin to us. He would bring with him the tefillin to the toilet. Omar, he would say, Since Chachamin gave permission to a person to go to the toilet with the tefillin, I'm going to bring the tefillin together with me. Now I'll move on to page B. Nenatran, let me bring the tefillin in Rashi Nenatran to guard me. Ishmeruni achnisemi mi, ishmeruni mina mazikin. Let me bring the tefillin with me to the toilet for them to protect me against the demons. So nowadays it's a different story. In those days, we were speaking how toilets were very not advanced, were dirty. So also later on, the Gemara at the end of Rakhus is going to bring how we have to be careful for the demons in the toilet, whatever we do over there. Nowadays, to be honest, I don't think, I haven't checked the Olaha, but I think nowadays we're not that concerned in terms of demons in the toilet because our toilets are so clean. It can be much like a bathroom, like a bedroom. But in those days, so they would say, let me bring the tefillin to the, to the toilet to protect me. A similar, exactly the same story, Amarobe. Rabbe said, Nachman, we will follow Rav Nachman. When he was holding a book of Agadesa, full of Torah, Yaivlan, he gave it to us and then go to the toilet. When he was holding his tefillin, he wouldn't give the tefillin to us. Amar, he would say the same thing, Rabbi Yochanan, Nenatran. Since Chachamim permitted the person to go with him in the bathroom, let me bring them with me to protect me. Tan Rabbanan, he was taught in a brisa, lo yochazadan tefillin beyadoi. Now, we're a different topic. This is a person davening the Amida. So, says the brisa, a person should be holding tefillin in his hand when he's davening the Amida. The Sefer Torah or a Sefer Torah, also in his arm, Vizpalelandavin. <coughs> Why? Because he is going to be scared they might fall down and uh, a person doesn't have Kabbana. In the same token, Loyashtim Bahem, Maim, a person shouldn't be holding his feeling while he's urinating. So, so we want to see in a different uh, following the Gemara. Why not? So a person shouldn't be holding the tefillin while you're urinating. Also, a person shouldn't be holding the tefillin while he's sleeping. So you see over there in the fullness of the scroll, we're not dealing now the prohibition of going to sleep donning tefillin. We're, going, we're speaking about the prohibition of holding tefillin while you're sleeping, without donning them, just holding the bag of tefillin while you're sleeping, because we are scared that you might drop them. Obviously not a permanent uh, sleeping, and even just a nap. You shouldn't be nap holding a feeling with you in your hand. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel added, sucking a knife, umaos, coins, vekiara, a plate full of food, vekikar, and a loaf of bread, areilo keyautzeva, and this applies for the same malacha, don't dive in while holding all this looking rashi, a knife, he might be scared, he might fall down and, and hurt his leg. Umao is coins, they might fall down and uh, get uh, lost. Uh, f- uh, a plate of food also might just uh, fall down and lose all the food. And the same f- thing with a loaf of bread, if it fills, falls down, it might get dirty. 
So some hold over there, looking there in the footnotes, that this applies to anything that either you are, you are concerned might fall down and therefore it's going to take away your cabana, or, or in cases that might, might get, uh, like in the feeling when you're making a pee, thing like that, might also get damaged. So some extend this provision, the person shouldn't be davening, holding in anything that he's concerned that if he falls down, so therefore he, he might, might not be able to daven with Kavana. I would like to suggest, based on this Gemara, a person shouldn't daven the Mira holding a baby. How much Kavana can you have in your davening if you're holding your baby? That's my personal take on this Gemara. Okay. Now, we're going to go back to this Braisa, that a person is not allowed to hold his tefillin while urinating. This alacha is not alacha maise. Why? The Beit Shammai, it must be Beit Shammai that we saw in the previous side of the page, he doesn't permit a person to go with tefillin to the bathroom altogether. The Beisilel, because if you tell me this Bryce is following the opinion of Beisilel, look at this. Ashtav is a kise kavua. Shari Beisilel permitted to bring you to him even while you're defecating in a fixed toilet. Beisakise arai, what is considered a temporary toilet, meaning to say when a person goes in just to pee, to make a, to urinate, mivoi, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me, I'm even stronger than that, you're going to tell me they're not? So according to Robin Nemor Vasheshes, it is yes permitted to bring your tefillin to the toilet to make a pee. May see be, but the Gemara is going to challenge with the following Braisa. The Braisa says the following: So the Gemara is quoting now only the beginning of the Braisa. In a few more lines, the Gemara is going to bring the second part of the Braisa. But let's analyze the beginning of this Braisa. The Bible says, things that I had permitted for you to do here, nevertheless, I have forbidden you to do them over there. So the one challenging the teaching of Rav Neymar of Sheshes says, my love is feeling. Isn't this Brisa talking about feeling? And the meaning of it is something that I have permitted you to, for you to do here, meaning to say, go to a permanent toilet to defecate with filling. Nevertheless, I have forbidden you to do it, which is urinating. Now, then if this price is Besilel, it goes well, because as we just said, I have permitted for you to do it, is to bring the filling with you to defecate. And according to what we want to say regarding the previous price that I have forbidden to you to do, is basically to bring the filling to a temporary toilet only to urinate. So it goes great. But according to you, Rabbi and Rav Shashes, that you want to tell me this is that the price that doesn't permit a person to urinate holding his filling, that is Bechamai. <laughs> but Shammai, you cannot say things that I permitted over here. He never permitted anything, obviously not to go with feeling to defecate. So says Robe, defending his position, No, 
No, this price has nothing to do with filling. It's not dealing with host filling. It's dealing with a completely different alaha. The alaha of one tefach or two tefachim that is regarding how much a person going to the, loite, the, going to the toilet can expose himself. One or two tefachim, so the, the Gemara is going to clarify based on a brisa. The Tanihada, listen, there's one brisa that says, when a person enters to relieve himself, he can only um, expose from the back of his body, only from the behind his body, only one tefach. But in the front, he's allowed to expose two tefachim. We're going to see so why. The and there's a second brisa. This is something different. Lachorab behind him only tefach, and in front he's not allowed to expose nothing. Again, this is regarding modesty. A person shouldn't just completely expose himself even in the bathroom. So says Gemara, my love, isn't this the case that both prices are speaking regarding a man? And what is the difference with Lokasha? They're not contradicting themselves. Kalikdolim Kalektonim. One that says that a person can only expose one tefach is speaking about making uh, defecating. So he doesn't need to expose as much. And Kalektonim, and the one that says you can um, expose even more is when you are going to urinate. Why? Because the this this stream of urine, urine, you don't want to get dirty by it, so you need to expose more of your garment. That's why you need to tfahim. Again, every tefach is about between 8 to 10 centimeters, so you can have between 15, 16 to 20 centimeters of exposure. So says Rabbi, so this price has nothing to do with a case of the tefillin. Says the Gemara Betisvera. You, 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 are you serious? You want to reason that these two prices are dealing regarding that? If if one price that you said that you can expose two tefachim in the front and one tefach behind you, if you are in a case that you are only urinating, for what do you need to expose behind you one tefach? Rather, okay, so obviously you're right. Let me give you a different uh, understanding of both prices. Both prices, begdolim, are talking in the case of people defecating. Velokasha, one, one says one thing and the other a different thing. The one that says that you can expose to Tfahim the front is speaking about a man, that he needs, as we said, the room for the stream of urine. And the one that says, you're not allowed to expose anything in the front. He's talking about a lady, that the way she orinates doesn't require to expose anything in the front. So with this, we answer the brisa, and nothing to do with filling, and we go back to our uh, assumption that it's permitted to go with filling, holding in your hand when you're urinating. Says the no. But now let me bring you the rest of that brisa. The, the, of this price, the second price is the one that says, things that I had permitted over here, I forbade them to you over there. The continuation says like this, 
the end up of that brisa, things that have permitted you here for, for you over there, says, and this is a kalvachomer. Kalvachomer means something lenient. If in, in a lenient case, all the more so in a stringent case. So where do you find a kalvachomer? Shinalav Chuba, there's no refutation. So if we're dealing in your case, that we're referring whether a man or a lady, how should they conduct themselves when relieving themselves? So why you say there's no refutation, there's nothing I can tell you, why, like it makes no sense this alaha. <laughs> why does it make any sense? For sure it does. Darko isa. This is the way of nature that the ladies don't need to expose. And man, men, we need to expose ourselves when we urinate. So how do you make sense of the continuation of the brisa? Rather, Robe, this brisa, from the beginning of it, it was never speaking about a person, how should he conduct himself or herself going to the toilet. This is talking about feeling. So as we said it initially, that a person was permitted to bring tefillin with him to defecate, obviously no donning them, not wearing them, but yes to hold them. So things that I have permitted to you to do in a toilet, fixed toilet to bring tefillin with you to defecate is not permitted to bring with you when you urinate. urinate. And that's why it says, is a kalvachomer, it would make sense to say the other way around. Then Lachiva wouldn't have a refutation why it's like that, but Allah is like that. So we see that this is Basilel and Allah is like that. You are not allowed to bring a feeling to urinate. This is a com complete refutation to Rove, what he said in the Gemara of Sheshis. The Gemara says, Kasha, but still it's a little bit difficult to understand this because what is the logic? This is the whole point. Why would it be permitted to bring feeling to defecate? It's not all the more so that you could bring feeling to you when you make to when you want to make number one urinate. So it makes no sense to say it's forbidden. Says the Gemara, yeah, There's a reason behind it. When you go to defecate, so people kind of sit down over there, and even if you urinate, well, we're not, um, there's not droplets that might fall on your legs and on your feet. But but when you go in just to urinate, so then you might have some droplets in your legs, in your feet, you need to wipe them with your right hand. So therefore, you shouldn't bring your feeling because you need to be carrying your feeling. You won't be able to wipe yourself. So basically, in a temporary toilet, when you're going to urinate, that there's droplets, you cannot bring your feeling. So that is the way the laha goes, and that's the reason behind it. So says the Gemara, that's what you're understanding the Braisa. Why the Braisa says there's no refutation? There's no refutation. You just told me the reasoning. Says the Gemara, no, no, this is, this is the way to understand the Braisa. 
this thing that it's permitted to bring children to defecate but not to urinate. Hamilsa Tesila Tama. We can only understand this by understanding the reasoning as I just explained. But you could never learn such a thing with the rules of a Calva Homer, which is leniency and stringency, because then you have the, the, the question that you ask. It doesn't make sense. So that's why we cannot, leave, we cannot learn it from the Calva Homer. We learn it through our reasoning. That's what we just explained. If you want to learn it according to reasoning of Calva Homer, there would be no way of, of understanding it, and uh, therefore, therefore we're learning it from a time, from reasoning, and you know, from a Kalvachomer. Because there's no answer we can give because it wouldn't make any sense. Okay. Now we go a little bit into a different topic. Tanur Rabbanan uh, was taught in a bride. If a person is about to go into a permanent meal, like a proper meal, and therefore he doesn't want the embarrassment, says Rashi, that he might need to live in the middle of the meal to relieve himself in the toilet. So the Gemara gives us a suggestion. So there's a principle that Rashi brings. I won't get into details if you want to see the whole anatomy going to footnote number 20, that for a person to be able to help himself to relieve himself, and to defecate, walking helps. So says the Gemara, he should walk ten tfachim, uh, um, ten times arba amos. A person should walk ten times four amos. Four amos is two meters. So try to do it ten times. And every time, try to see if you are able to defecate, or the other way around, or for arba piamim asaramos or walk only four times, a longer distance of 10 amos, which is five meters. So to walk for four times 10 meters, uh, and try to see if like that, you're able to defecate. And only after that, go into your meal. Going back to the tefillin. The same idea, principle somebody is entering to have um, a fixed meal, a proper meal. In those days, people would drink wine in every meal. So we are concerned he might get drunk. So therefore he shouldn't, and again, in those days people would don't feel in throughout the whole day. So a person shouldn't keep the feeling throughout the whole meal. Rather, let him remove his feeling and then go to the meal without that feeling. Bepliga, now this procedure it, uh, disagrees with the, the view of Ravichia. The Amaravichia, Manichan, Ashuchano. So we understand that according to Rabbi Yitzhak, he doesn't bring the feeling with him. But according to Ravichia, let him, for sure he has to take, remove them because he shouldn't be drinking wine while having the feeling on himself, but he should remove them and bring them with him and place them on the table. And this is better for him. 
So then, because when he's going to put them back, says the Gemara, the Gemara asks, until when he is going to put them back, when the time comes to bench, then he's going to put the filling back to bench with filling. But as long as he's eating and drinking, if he gets intoxicated, it's not proper to be drunk when in filling. When you wear filling, you have to have your Hashem mind, you have to be connected to Hashem. But hopefully once they get coming to the temple bench, he's going to already be okay. He can go back, put on filling, and then bench with filling. And the last topic we're going to do today, B'zat Hashem, Tani Chada. One Bryson says, Tzorer Adam Tfilav Imausav, a person can wrap his filling together with his coins, the Afar Kesusoi, in his kerchief in his head, head scarf. So you have like a head scarf, you, you're going to use that to store, to wrap your tefillin. You can put together your tefillin and your money. But there's a different price that contradicts that. No, you shouldn't wrap them together. Says the Gemara, no, there's not a contradiction. Everything depends if that kerchief has been designated for tefillin, or hasn't been designated for tefillin. Why? The Amar of his, the Rav his has said the following teaching, that scarf for tefillin, the asmene that has been designated to grab over their tefillin, so depends. If not only he has designated it, but also actually he has already used it for filling, we need, according to Rav Giza, both things, designation and use. So if you already use them and designated that this scarf is going to be where you grab your filling, then then it's forbidden to grab together. Pshiti means money. Now, but if you only have designated, but you haven't used it, to put on the filling in there. Or the other way around, Sarve, you already have used your filling with that, uh, you have used that kerchief, kerchief for your filling, but you haven't made a designation that that is gonna be what you're gonna use permanently to grab your filling, then in Shari, then it's permitted to grab together with, with that kerchief your money. Now the Gemara is gonna ask a question, there's a different opinion. This is Abaye brought in the Gemara Sanhedrin. Abaye, according to Abaye, when you designate something, whether for filling, for a Sefer Torah, even over there in Sanhedrin speaking about a deceased person, when somebody designates something for a usage, it already has that usage, and you, can use, you cannot use it for some, something else. So there's a Gemara Abaye de Amar that he holds as mana milsaye, designation has it, it, it actually takes effect on the object. So in our case, we're dealing as many if you have designated, even though you haven't used it for filling, it would be enough to be forbidden to also use it for money. And and if you already started using it, he agrees that you also need designation. Yes, many acid, he lost many law. If you also, uh, you started using it, but you also need to designate it. If you 
designated it and used it, then it will be forbidden to use it for money. But if you, have, if you haven't designated for filling, then it will still be permitted to use it for money, even though you have used it for filling.